Hello and welcome to Top, the Open Podcast Podcast. Your hosts, Matthias and Wolfgang, will guide you through the ecosystem and the tools and services which make podcasting work. And they'll talk about their open source platform for podcast analytics. Let's dive right in. Matthias, today it's a public holiday in Germany, but still we are recording. Indeed we are, and I'm so looking forward to this episode. Usually you say it's the best episode today. We just keep setting new standards with every new episode. Okay, so what are the topics today? That's what I wanted to ask you, but... Um... <laughs> so today is going to be a bit more of a technical session, because last time we did an introduction on the analytics side of things, but we didn't really talk about tech too much. And I think we should go back to that for a bit. And it's the first part of a series talking about our tech stack. We want to start with the heart of our open podcast tech stack, the data storage, where we store all the data from the connectors. So the data that we fetch from Spotify, from Apple that we get from the proxy. And even if you don't build an open podcasting platform, the information that we're going to share might be helpful for you for other projects because we will compare a couple of solutions and services that allow you to get started for free and scale as you go. But before we start, we also want to talk a bit about our general requirements and what is important for us and for the project and how we decide in general what technology we want to use for our project. And for us, it's very important that all the components are open source and that they are easy to set up and easy to self-host. It's also a requirement of our funding, what we get. We have to provide the source and publish it under open source license. But we also believe in that, and that's the main goal, to offer an open solution compared to all the closed systems that are out there. So it's very important that everything is open source and can be easily installed without using any closed systems. In general, that constraint is very helpful because it helps you think in components that are isolated and independent and can be combined with other systems in the future. This is something that you usually don't face when you run a startup or a side project. But for projects that are built in the open, that is both an advantage and a disadvantage. And we want to make the most of it. So one main component of the whole system is, of course, the database, where we store all the data that we collect, not just from the proxy, or Spotify, the data that we import, but all the data that we have and that we want to use for our analytics part. And there we decided to use MySQL. Of course, it's also possible to use Postgres or even SQLite. Both are very powerful databases, but we are used to MySQL. And at the end, we just need a very bulletproof data storage. And that's why we went for MySQL. We know it very well. It's easy to install and use. And with the newest version, there are also all the more complicated SQL query types supported. And that's what we also need for the analytics part. I assume that many of these connectors will have to handle JSON at some point or another. And one of the more recent popular tools around storing JSON data was, of course, NoSQL, led by technologies like MongoDB, for example. Why... In your words, did we decide against using a NoSQL database? The main reason for that is the analytics part. We have to run not just very simple queries. So we don't just fetch, for example, one entry. We want to run analytical queries. 
And those queries are usually very complicated and complex. And for that, you need a proper analytic system. And of course, there are analytical systems that can import, for example, the JSON data. But then you need an additional system for just the analytics part. And we want to use our main database, our main data storage for the analytics part as well. And that's why we decided to go for a proper SQL database, because then we can execute the complicated queries on it and generate graphs, complex tables, and everything that we need to show those nice statistics about the podcasts, the episodes, and the downloads, and the listeners. One thing that I learned about NoSQL databases from a previous project was that it is very easy to get started with, and you start storing a lot of information. But later on, you will find that you need certain queries or aggregations, and you start finding hacks or workarounds to execute these queries on your raw data, because essentially your data is unstructured. That might be a feature, but can also be tricky sometimes. But to be fair, some of the NoSQL databases are more powerful nowadays, and they have also extended query language, but I still think it's not the same level as SQL and especially more powerful SQL table expressions and all that. And on the other hand, all the SQL databases, they support now JSON. So you can also store JSON data in MySQL, for example, and then you can use JSON methods to extract the data back out of the JSON blobs that you store in the database. So you have the best out of both worlds. You can store JSON data, unstructured data, but you can also extract the data that you need to columns and then use it in SQL queries, for example. A common criticism of SQL is that it doesn't scale beyond a single machine. Is that still true today? And if not, what are the current technologies to scale SQL or relational databases? It has evolved as well, of course. So there are also tools now to scale it. But I would argue that for most use cases, you don't need really a scalable database. You can scale the host of the database. You can scale it in a cloud. You can just press one button. You get more memory, more CPUs, and it scales very well. Until this point where you really have to scale horizontally, and then it's a bit more complicated, that's true. But usually, you won't reach that point quickly. And for me, it's more important to have SQL, for example, and a more powerful language to query the data than having this scalability out of the box, which is usually also not out of the box automatically, because it's not that easy to scale a database, even if it's a MongoDB. And in general, I would always recommend to set up one host to scale up the host, because usually you won't reach this point where you end up having scalability issues or performance issues on, on one host. And even if you reach this point, there are solutions like Vitesse, for example, that's an open source project developed by YouTube, and it is responsible to scale MySQL, for example, for YouTube. And I think if it's sufficient for YouTube, I think it should be also sufficient for some other use cases if it's about scalability. So what you're saying is, let someone else deal with it. You just take the SQL interface and someone else takes care of the scalability part of it. Of course, you can also use services that do that for you. For example, Planet Scale 
is one service. They also use Vitesse. We also use the service for now at least because it's just easy to set up a MySQL database. But for us, it's always important that you can also set up your own database, host your own MySQL database, and the whole system still works. So that's very important. But we are not against services or paid services that you can use online because they deal with all the maintenance and they provide you at the end a good MySQL setup. So why not using them, for example? And you, as a user, you can decide, do I want to go on the self-hosted track or do I want to use a service like PlanetScale and they scale the database for me? Okay, so you mentioned PlanetScale, but we also looked into another solution called PostHawk. And the beauty about it is that they combine the database side with the visualizations. And what's great about it is that you can start very quickly get some data in, create your visualizations, have some quick successes. They even take care of the incoming side, the API. So you get the API, the database, and the analytics part. So you get everything out of the box. It's even open source. And we started with that at the beginning. But we also found out that for our use case, we need more. And especially querying the data was quite limited at least for our use case, and we needed more. And that's why we decided to use another approach. One thing I liked about PostHog was that they had this concept of events where you could create an event and then attach properties to them. So for example, you could say, I want to track the listeners of an episode. That would be my event. And the properties would, for example, be the podcast platform like Spotify or the user agent or the locale. And then it's quite nice because it lets you very quickly insert information that is valuable and you can see that information in real time as the metrics come in. You can group them, which gives you a possibility to shard data and all of that is quite nice. And you can even create queries without writing SQL queries. That's also quite cool. So you have a UI, you have an kind of in wizard and you just specify, okay, I want to have a graph and I want to have this data, this event data, and I want to filter it that I just have the visitors from Germany, for example, and on this day, and then you get nice graphs for this. So it's it's ideal to start. And I think also for a lot of use cases, it's a very good, easy to use solution. By the way, it uses Postgres under the hood, a very powerful database as well. But for us, that was, for example, one limitation that was crucial for us that we couldn't write SQL queries. And we need SQL as we have very complex queries. So for example, we have talked about that already in the last episodes, that we have to consider the IP address and the user agent as one user. And we have to filter on that, for example. So we have to create hashes and we have to group by those hashes and to identify the users. So it's very complicated to do that with the UI-based wizard to create queries. And for that, of course, it's better to have raw access to the database and that you can just use SQL, powerful SQL queries to query the data. So in summary, PostHog is great. We would use it again for smaller projects. We can also recommend it. Totally. We c one can think of a metrics dashboard for home automation. You're tracking the temperature, the room temperature in different rooms. That's great. Just to be fair, I think also for big projects and professional projects, it's a very good solution, not just for home automation, but for any event data that you get from the, from the website, for example, or from other sources, it's easy to 
store the data, and then also query the data. So very powerful solution that can be used for various scenarios. But for us, it turned out to be not exactly what we wanted because we needed the flexibility of SQL. But of course, it's a way more complicated. You have to write your own API, the incoming sites. So you have to write a API layer that stores then the data in the database. And of course, you also need the analytics part, which is also not that simple. But about the in incoming part and the analytics part, we will talk. We will talk about in the next episodes. Maybe just one one word about SQLite, because we also mentioned that. And we investigated as well if we can use SQLite, because it's also a super powerful database. And for a lot of use cases, it's sufficient because you don't need a database that can handle millions of concurrent users or requests. And for us to start, it would have been also a good database. But maybe you can quickly explain why we didn't go for the SQLite version. Especially in the beginning, it's really important to have a hosted solution to get started real quickly. And SQLite wasn't that popular on some of the hosted platforms, which meant that we couldn't find any service that would allow us to just quickly spawn up an SQLite instance and get started in five minutes. I mean, there was one Cloudflare, what we also use for another part, but the problem is that it's still a hidden alpha or better, better. and we couldn't get access to it. So we couldn't use, use that for our project, but it might be a good solution at the end for smaller projects, but we couldn't test it. And it was just difficult to find a proper hosted version. So we went for MySQL because there are tons of services out there that you can use. And it's a well-tested solution. It's kind of an old and boring software. Some call it like that, but it's a very well-tested and widely used database. And that's why we went for that. Exactly. And the great thing is that you are not bound to use PlanetScale at the end if you want to set up our solution for yourself. You can use any normal web server, run it on DigitalOcean or Hetzner or any even... or even Bare any metal. <laughs> exactly, bare metal. And that's something that we always keep in mind when we develop this solution. And we have talked now about the storage part, so where we store all the data, but of course, especially comparing it to post hoc, where you also have the visualization built in, you also need a visualization layer or a software that can build the graphs and the nice interactive visualizations. And for that, of course, we need another software. And we also looked into open source, but we will talk about that in detail in the next episodes. Right, that pretty much sums it up for this week. Wolfgang, anything else you wanted to add? Just that we are, of course, open to receive feedback about our solution. If there are other databases that are more suitable for that, we are happy to learn. So if you have any input on that, please send us an email or send a tweet to openpodcast.dev. That's the Twitter handle or to echo at openpodcast.dev, the email address. And if you want to see how we are doing, check out our GitHub account at github.com slash openpodcast. Maybe you will find some way to improve the solutions we have so far. Maybe you're also just curious about how we build things. There are certainly things on the documentation side that we could improve and we could need help with please don't be shy to reach out if you want to collaborate with us see you next week bye ciao